Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on all about affordable NFTs, we're talking about the invisible hand behind the NFT market. Is this like the Adam Adam Smith drop? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Is it, a, you know, do we have that? Is it just the market forces or do we have uh, more nefarious forces working together out there? We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Something's going on. Uh, what are we seeing in the news? All right. So we've got OpenSea news. Uh, you've hopefully seen this already if you're listening to this, but OpenSea had an issue where customer.io, their email marketing uh, provider, service provider, had a an employee... Uh, get into the OpenSea database there and uh, take all of the or all of the uh, email addresses. So OpenSea put out a warning that this has happened. You may be getting some emails, you know, maybe phishing attempts. And they said that if you have been affected, they will email you about it. With the compromise, oh, the uncompromised email about the email. So only trust the emails that come from us, except for the ones that come from us. Right, right, right. This seems pretty buttoned up. Uh, nothing more. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. So be careful as always, but man, could the platforms, could the vendors, could everybody else try to help a little? This is not the way to do it. Don't tell people to check your email to see if you've been part of the email breach. No. Uh, All right. In other platform news, this one's kind of cool. I saw that looks rare introduced something called a conditional listing. So, you know, I don't looks, use LooksRare a whole lot, uh, but I think that they are at least trying some innovative things. What this does is that you could list two pieces, uh, two different NFTs, and say that once one of them sells to delist the other, um, that was one use case. I'm sure there are other ways to do it, but the idea would be that you, if you want to uh, sell only one of the two NFTs, you have a collection that you could do it and not actually risk selling them both. If, you know, if the price does go up, but you still get to list them both at the same time, um, you know, they've done some other, uh, some other features that we've seen adopted recently by OpenSea in the uh, form of uh, making a collection offer. So I think it is good to at least uh, see these platforms trying different, uh, different things out here. Yeah, I think this is exactly why you want competitors to open C where you had just more innovation and people testing things. But, you know, the situation where you're listening to and you're like, if one goes, bring the other one off or if one does whatever, like um, have that condition in place. I like that a lot. All right. And we've just got a couple of uh, these free, free mint projects recently. We've got a couple of them linked here, Moonrunners and Wizards. And we talked about these a bit in the Discord recently. Um, and how these have been some of the uh, the recent quite successful free mints. They've both uh, gotten to 
I, you know, I think they both got to over half an ETH um, at some point. I, I don't know exactly where they are now, but of course, anything that starts at a free mint and gets that high, that's pretty impressive. And it's not like most of the other free mint projects that we're seeing. You know, I have seen these projects mentioned in more articles. I do, I think it was Myth um, that maybe pointed out that, uh, you know, these projects did seem to get a lot of, I, you know, seem to run more than other projects. So, I, you know, it's part of what kind of uh, spurred the, the topic today of, of talking about, you know, what makes these what makes some projects go and others not. So, you know, not uh, specific news to talk about there, but, uh, you know, something to look at you know, if you want to go check out more about those projects to understand them, I think we can, um, you know, kind of just move on to our affordable project. If you don't have anything else here. I would just say we're going to continue to see these free mint run-ups and just be careful. And if you're frustrated, you're like, oh, why can't I find that free mint? It's because there's probably, this is a pump and dump crew. Uh, there's probably a group of people that are cohorting up and buying collectively and have buy signal, sell signal prices where they're picking a project. I'm not even saying that the owners or creators of the project are in on it necessarily, but there, there's a reason why things go up like this in a bear market and it's like hyper consolidated and moves on. And it's a, um, it's a dangerous game to try to be buying into, into these. So don't be frustrated if you're missing it. Be very aware that this is, you know, something that is climbing up and then climbing right back down. If you had the FOMO on Goblin Town, uh, you know, the price is now 2.5 ETH. It used to be 4 ETH. You know, the faster it rises, the faster it falls. And I think that used to be 9 ETH or so. It, it got up to 9? Yeah. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, be careful with these, obviously. You know, you're always, you know, making like you said, they'll, they fall quickly. Um yeah, it's, it is interesting why, uh, I don't know, just watching some of them take off though. And, uh, people, you know, there's, there are other forces, but there's also a lot of people looking for something in a relatively quiet market and, ooh, DGENs are going to DGEN. Correct. Our affordable, speaking of DGENing, <laughs> we were actually shamelessly trying, I think we both aped into this as of, I don't know, several minutes before recording, pressing record where we both jumped into this affordable project. I don't, I don't have it yet. This is what I'm saying. I don't have oh, it. Oh, now he's got the itch. He's got the itch. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I can get him okay. now. I need another. Oh, let's get into it. Yeah. Maxwell Linked is the artist's name, but you found them on Super Rare. And his projects are a mix of hand-drawn and uh, machine-helped. And on Super Rare, his floor is like 3E and had previously gone even higher. But when we looked prior on to uh, a Tezos marketplace called Object, O-B-J-K-T.com, which is, what was this before the Object.com was actually? So it was, it's, it popped up, I believe, while Hicketnunk was still around, but it took the place of that. Hicketnunk was a early platform, NFT platform on Tezos that was shut down rather suddenly by the creator when he didn't feel like doing it anymore. Granted, he was one person running the platform. So um, this has been one of the uh, uh, one of the more active platforms um, outside of, you know, especially outside of FX Hash, which is specifically for generative art. This, you can... I believe transact any um any nfts on this platform 
Um, and he's got this Maxwell inked, um, as he goes by, has got, he's got quite a collection on here. Has, I mean, really been producing a, a lot of works here. Um, and yeah, it looks like they're, the pieces here all seem to be a, a combination of hand drawn and digital works, very fine lines. It's, I mean, you've got to take a look at, at all the different works, but it's, uh, I mean, it's the way that they bend and everything that really adds a lot of texture and depth to the pieces. Yeah. And the game, again, we're, we're finding the artist, the established artist who's been verified, validated, and then saying like, guess what? I bet they created work on Tezos at some point. And, you know, in this case we checked object, but in the past, you know, we talked about FX hash and that's just the process. Like we didn't really go through too much beyond that because we find it impossible to find something cool that we like on Tezos. We actually are going and, and shopping in another place where the artist has been established. The play here is that there is a future that I genuinely believe where we're going to be able to move our NFTs across platforms. And suddenly when you can do that, it means there's going to be a marketplace where, believe it or not, you might be able to find, you search for an artist, all of their work, as opposed to this fragmented silliness that we live in right now. So I really think there's an advantage to people that can kind of run this play. Again, none of this is financial advice. We're talking about JPEGs on the internet. So the, the piece that we're, that we've each collected now, um, as I, uh, oh, well, uh, it's been, it's been, there we go. So this is a, a, um, edition of 20. So there's 20 editions of the same piece. Um, that's at 40 Tez right now. So, um, uh, compared to other, uh, edition sizes or, uh, other pieces that have edition sizes, um, it's, it's lower than, um, anything that's on the secondary, um, his other pieces have sold out. Um, so, uh, I also understand that he's, he was pretty well established as a physical artist, hand drawing all his pieces. And he says that he really hand draws these. He doesn't, I mean, and I mean, doesn't use a ruler for some of these drawings, which is just amazing to, to think about when you look at some of how fine, uh, how fine the lines are in these. Um, but that, I mean, that says something to me that he's been around and doing this for a long time and has, has added NFTs in recently and seems to, um, yeah, seems to understand uh, how this is adding to the work by, by adding digital into the work, into the, uh, the hand-drawn work rather than, um, I don't know, trying to just take pictures of it, um, you know, which would, which would be a different approach. Yeah. And it's kind of fun. Optical illusion feels like it could be something that you'd put on a wall. So as a display art checks the box for, I feel like I would get utility if it showed up on the wall and I'm like, huh, it's cool looking. I like the, the story to tell. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we move on to our topic and talk more about what's, uh, what drives the market? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of rumors out there and we know that there are, it's a small market. We see groups move around or see, or I shouldn't even say groups. We see that volume moves around and, and can really spike and drop drastically. And, you know, it doesn't always seem so natural. What do you think, George? As I just said, I think uh, what we're seeing with this freemium pump dumps strategy or uh, strategy is that I think there are cohorts of people working in concert to, uh, to do this. That's uh, it's the way it seems to be happening because it, it plays in such a predictable arc. I'm watching it week after week. It's pretty obvious when, you know, 
They're like, oh, something that's gained in value and stayed up there. Like the only thing that has done that this year is Moonbirds. It went up and it stayed up because it was a transparent reason of value and trust behind the creation as opposed to here's a creation and suddenly it just gains because I don't know, their wolves look different than the other wolves and they promised a roadmap. So, or no roadmap, which is the hotness now. We have no plan, no roadmap. So I, I do think there are definitely cohorts of people working in concert. And then behind that, I think uh, because this is a small market, you know, we're talking about a million-ish, right? <laughs> Folks in operation, uh, there are whales. Um, I think there are whales that are kingmakers here that say like, this is the thing I'm going to collect. And then people kind of like minnow, minnow up behind them and say like, all right, here I, here I come to. Yeah, I think that that happens a lot. And I think that it's maybe less nefarious than people think it is. I think it, you know, part of this, part of it is that it's a small world and that it is so intertwined with, uh, with social influence that it only takes a small number of whales to really start moving the market. Um, and I don't know that they're always necessarily working together. I think there's signals that lead them to the same projects. You know, often that is being part of the same discussions, whether that's on Twitter or, you know, in the same, you know, board ape or punks discord or, you know, wherever you might be, they're hanging out in the same places. And I think often come to some of the same conclusions and there's a lot of people that watch what they're doing, um, or watch sometimes, you know, the level of influence is different for, for different people, you know, whether it's people watching wallets or, or listening to what they're saying on Twitter, there's, it doesn't take a lot to, uh, to influence the NFT market as we've seen. Oh no, uh, that's not, it's not even the market. Here's the thing. It's such a micro market and it's so sensitive to buy and sell pressure that it can be moved so quickly when you just talk about a single project and even a single artist because, you know, it's, you know, sitting right there on the blockchain, our transactions are now easier than ever to, to go about. And so you're, you're following these micro markets on top of which we've got meme culture, which burns hot, burns fast and brings a lot of attention which, you know, is, is amplified quickly with, with web two, but then allows people to, you know, follow in quite quickly with how that, how that market moves. And I think people now take seriously the power of memes, um, because of, again, how it can move a market. I think that's a great point about meme culture. And we see so many attempted memes out there and what makes them take off versus what make some kind of just kick around or even, you know, what makes them take off after a long time, you know, there are, uh, you know, I, I mean, we see it there. I think that's a, a great way of putting it. You know, there are memes that kind of everybody gets behind and it, it lives for a while, but they all die out. You know, there's, or, you know, I shouldn't say they all die out, but there is a, there's a lifespan to, to most memes, but there's still something that comes up and it's not always well explained what it is. It's usually a confluence of events that, that that come together and it's not necessarily, you know, it's pretty hard to say that, you know, let's have these few people to do it and then everybody will follow. That's usually pretty, I mean, I think people see through that pretty well at this point, you know, we've seen a lot of even, uh, I mean, there were plenty of people that were influenced by 
the celebrities that have, have come through the NFT space, but I think, um, for the most part, the, uh, people have gotten wiser to this, <laughs> um, somewhat, uh, and aren't going necessarily just for the celebrity of uh, saying that they're doing something. And people are looking at this more of what people actually are interested in getting to. Um, and it's leading people to the same things. It's not sustainable, <laughs> um, but I think it isn't as unnatural as, as it may seem. No, to get back to the core of it. Yes. There is the invisible hand of open market economies. And it's wonderful actually, right? Something is worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And we have a pure in essence market about that. It can be manipulated, but over the long haul, when you get enough players involved and hopefully when regulation steps in to make sure that people aren't doing things like front running and cheating what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's, that's one of the reasons I really, I'm, I'm long, I'm bullish on, on, on the future of NFTs because it is, uh, it does have that invisible hand of marketplace dynamics. Yeah. Um, you know, that being said, we, we do like social influence is a big thing here and that's, that's what's at play. And, you know, you see it in, you see it in social media all the time, how, uh, how quickly things come and go and it's, you know, we're taking that to another degree, I believe, you know, by, by, uh, adding NFTs in and, um, you know, it's, the ones that I don't, those are certainly ones that I don't really like to look at. Um, if anything, it's for a quick flip, but I think, and probably not even a good idea for that. Pretty easy to get burnt once and, uh, give away all the profit that you may have otherwise had. Um, you know, it's why we try to look for things that are, you know, lower risk, um, and have more upside. It's not, not perfect, but it does seem a lot uh, more sustainable to me. Yeah, consistently looking for the overlooked items rather than, uh, you know, I'm going to try to get another 2x on something that is already 100x. Feels very risky to me. <laughs> I'm going to bet it all on the horse that's going to win. Look, it's got, you know, it's got two to one, but I'm going to bet everything. And you're like, but why not do the 100 to one and only put a penny on it? Like, do that. And especially with this much opportunity out here, right. I'm going to play that game. Right. Also, like the people shorting eat at this point. Come on, it's done. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying it's done, but like, I'm going to squeeze another you know, bit. Out yeah. I mean, you may be right, but why didn't you do it at all the way down? <laughs> no, it's zero. You know, I lost all right. the Okay. Well, you know, maybe, uh, but I do see different levels of people putting the thumb on different sites, depending on what type of art, what type of project. You know, is it a game? What theme are we talking about? Um, and, and how much is the manipulation there? Because there's still a lot more, we aren't seeing as many, well, probably there's a slowdown in the number of games because the money, as much money is not there, but there are going to be a lot more manipulation games played when, uh, when the next rise starts to happen, uh, that we haven't even begun to see, right? Like, could you do, you know, like create a fake fundraising program around like funding a movie that never launches. I think there's a whole bunch of entertainment scams that are yet to be played out. There are definitely more game, uh, game mechanics taking notes on how many ways we can get scammed or take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of fake wine companies that you could pretend like you're going to send people bottles of wine, like off you go. Yeah, right. Actually, you have to come pick it up from our. Free to pick up. Closed warehouse. Lo lo local office is in Saskatchewan. Yeah, right. Oh, till you have Pepper Polder there, and then it moves. 
Only opened on two during the full moon. All right. Anything else on the topic? No, I think that's, I think that's it. You know, we're going to keep seeing this go on for a while, especially as these, you know, some of these numbers get smaller, it's a little easier to, uh, to move the market around, right. For, for whales. So be yeah. careful. Yeah. I, you know, the, the waiting for prices to drop it rather than like, oh, I'm going to catch this like rising rocket. Don't, don't do that. Um, and oh, while you're at it, leave us a review. Speaking of rising rockets, <laughs> we wouldn't mind if whatever you're listening to, leave us a, as many stars. Well, tell a as friend about like. us too, you know? Tell one friend about us. I think we're a fairly reasonable entry in the market. We're not, uh, we're not recommending you blow your entire wallet and, uh, we have at least made most of the mistakes you're probably going to make. So come on and join. Yes. And you know, you, we, yeah, we've made plenty of mistakes. You can laugh at ours at the very least. Oh, are we ready for another mistakes episode? We can check on, on that. We'll see. Got a list. Get, gotta go click button so I can make enough mistakes for next episode. All right. Oh Good luck out there. Congrats. Uh, congrats on becoming a little noun holder too. Oh, I'll see very excited. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.